Good morning, GT. It's good to be with you today. Uh, I mean, what great worship, and uh, hope you kind of locked in on some of those things we talked about in the break. We hope you'll join us. Obviously, today we've got GT and 60 following uh, this service. So wherever you're watching today, wherever you're engaged, we thank you for uh, being a part of that. Uh, we've been in a series uh, called Living Hope. We've done it during Passion Week. Uh, and again, I don't know where you had Easter last week, but I'm sure it was a great time, uh, certainly a different time. But uh, we've been teaching on this thought of living hope. I, Palm Sunday, we talked about misplaced hope. We had a great uh, Good Friday service, communion, uh, talking about dead hope. Um, and then uh, on Easter Sunday morning last week, I definitely talked about living hope. And uh, I just, we felt led of the Spirit to just stay on that subject uh, you hear a lot about hope today. You hear news stations talking about it. Uh, you know, in this, you know, pandemic, who wouldn't be looking for hope? And so I think understanding that peace in our Christian journey is a, an important thing. So we're going to stay on that topic today, and I'm going to be talking about enduring hope. Um, you know, obviously, we're, it's like Easter's kind of a marker. It's spring, it's Easter, and now, man, we're still in this uh, quarantine mode and social distancing, and, uh, and now we're going to have to endure. In fact, we're excited that next week, man, Greg Hubbard's going to be here with us, and Greg is going to be wrapping up this thought on hope. He'll be talking about unified hope. So today, we want to stay focused on this thought of hope. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking, and again, it's just me, um, sometimes to deal with some of the things that we're dealing with, you got to laugh, right? And I'm sure you've seen some of the, uh, <clears throat> the quarantine pictures, social media, all the things that are going on. Uh, a couple things, you know, obviously the big toilet paper thing. So I'm going to put some things up on the screen today. Uh, you know, we're, you know, kind of cutting back, making sure we got enough. And so you look at the picture there of toilet paper, uh, small rolls, you know, we're going to try to be conservative and do whatever. Uh, that one cracked me up for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, I, hey, I cut my hair um, three times a week myself. I've been doing that kind of COVID-19 haircut forever. Why spend the money? But here's a picture of a young kid that's doing his quarantine haircut, you know, making it work with the, the buzzers. And uh, obviously the mask, it's now you know, mandatory that you wear a mask, you go into a retail store, whatever restaurant, you got to wear it, they've got to provide it. Uh, even the Mona Lisa is wearing uh, one of those masks. Uh, and then, you know, for me, I, I saw culturally like, you know, and, and I do, and, I'm, and I'm, I know we kind of laugh and look at some of these things, but some of it is very heartbreaking. Man, I, uh, my heart has gone out for two things mainly. Our small business owners, those who've been unemployed through this, that is a tough, tough situation, and we're going to talk about enduring hope. But I think about our seniors, uh, man, I think about my senior year, or you think about, you know, senior year in college, not being able to play a sport, not being able to graduate, all those things. Uh, and so culturally, they said, hey, put a picture of your, your graduation picture up. So I thought I would scare everybody by doing that with myself. There's a full head of thick hair in 1982 uh, and the bow tie, rocking the bow tie. So uh, again, I, you know, we do need to kind of look at some of this and just, man, laugh because uh, it's, it's a different, different season. But on the other side of the coin, man, we really need to endure through this. We've got to make some spiritual decisions. Uh, I mean, think about, think about this. Think about time. Think about your calendar, your clock, your watch. It, it's almost like, um, you know, AD and, and uh, BC. It's almost like, man, like pre-COVID 
uh, thinking, the way we looked at our calendars, like there's days, you know, obviously the clock, you know what time it is, but you're thinking, man, is it a Tuesday? Is it a Sunday? Is it a, what day is it? Our routines have been so changed. I mean, there's times in the morning at my place, you know, it's quiet. Uh, I mean, you'll hear that clock, tick, tock. I mean, it's just, there's that endurance aspect to this, and I wanna talk to you about that today, about enduring hope, okay? Uh, we're gonna go back today to 1 Peter, so grab however you're gonna look at the word today, and we're gonna go back to 1 Peter. Uh, on Easter, I spoke from chapter one. Today, I'm gonna talk to us from the third chapter because it's, it's interesting that trials, difficulties in that first century church, uh, Peter connects those things to Hope. Again, we go back to that today, and I want to talk to you about enduring hope. So 1 Peter chapter 3, I'm reading from the NLT this morning, the New Living Translation. We're going to begin in verse 10, and let's read it together. Here's what Peter says to these Christians in Asia Minor. He says, for the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, he says, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. And you say, man, that's, that's deep. What does it mean in the Greek? Well, here's what it means in the Greek. Uh, it means this. If you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. It's pretty straightforward, all right? Um, what a thought there. He says, turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. I mean, listen, we all have those days, and uh, man, family's closer, and working from home, and doing school, and work, and schedules, and when do we have lunch? Uh, we've gotta work at having peace, and Peter says this, we've gotta, we've gotta work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers, and what an encouragement there, that God's looking over us. God has his eye and his ears upon us today. He says, but turn but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. And then as Peter continues to write, he talks here a little bit about uh, good and suffering and uh, doing good and how that is all connected to our hope. And here's what he says in verse 13. Now, who will want to harm you if you're eager to do good? He said, you know, it doesn't make sense. But look at verse 14. But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So obviously, we're talking here about persecution. These were people that were persecuting Christians. It wasn't like a, a virus or something the whole world was being affected by. But believers were being persecuted by others who were against the faith. But he's saying, even in spite of that, if you're doing good and you're being persecuted, God's gonna reward you for that, all right? And then he says this, so don't worry or be afraid of their threats. In verse 15, kind of our key verse today, instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. That's kind of the, in my mind, that's the hallmark of this chapter. He said, instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. We're gonna talk about that a lot today. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Sometimes, you know, we can speak the truth, but not speak it in love. We can speak it almost with an attitude, and, and Peter's saying, don't do that. He said, you've got to be gentle. You, you've got to do that in a respectful way. I mean, honor what people think. Uh, he says, keep your conscience clear. Then, if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what, good, what a good life uh, you live because you belong to Christ. So this is really fits where we're at today and what we're dealing with in our culture. Verse 17, remember, it's better to suffer for doing good if that is what God wants than to suffer for doing wrong. So again, suffering's a part of life. 
We're all different, but yet there's many things very similar. And suffering, obviously, is a part of that. And sometimes we suffer just in general because, hey, the whole world's going through COVID-19. So we're all affected by that to some degree. Schedules, our health, our jobs. Uh, and then, but it also says at times we suffer for doing wrong. We bring our suffering upon our own life because of the way we're living. So we need to understand that, obviously. Verse 18 Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned. Jesus never sinned. But he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. What a, what a verse. Jesus Christ, who was perfect, sinless, a miracle worker, did, miracle worker, did nothing but good. What he does, he died for you and I as sinners to bring us safely home to God. He suffered physical death but he was raised to life in the spirit. And there again is the resurrection. Uh, you know, Easter isn't about just, okay, we talked about Easter, put resurrection up on the shelf and we can forget that till next year. No, he goes back to that here in chapter three and he says he's been raised to life. And so the key verse, I wanna read it again for us, verse 15, what I wanna challenge all of us with today uh, is what Peter said. He said, in spite of all the suffering, difficulty, change, all those things that are going on, he said, instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope, notice that. Someone's going to ask. It's going to be visible. Someone's going to ask about your hope as a believer. Always be ready to explain it. So we have to live the life. But then if someone asks us about that, we've got to be able to talk about the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. So today, I want to talk to you about enduring hope. There's so many scriptures that uh, hope is referenced many times in the New Testament. Uh, I'll give you an example here, and also not only hope, but endurance. James chapter one, verse three says this. James says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So it's, it's that endurance. It's, you know, it's we have to wrestle through stuff that when we go through these things, that what's, that's what gives our endurance a chance to grow. And then it goes on. I'll give you another verse. Paul says to the Roman Christians, uh, he says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and tri trials, which is sometimes hard to do. Oh, you know, I'm going through these trials. I'm so, no, but the Bible says we can rejoice for we know, notice this. Paul says, we know that they help develop endurance, all right? And endurance develops strength of character. So trials bring endurance, endurance brings character, and character, notice this, strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So that's what we wanna talk about today, uh, and we're gonna talk about how enduring hope is developed in our life. And here's what it is. I mean, uh, here's our bottom line. Here's what I want to really have us think about, meditate on, and think about today, that enduring hope is developed in our life by trusting God day by day, day by day. It's not like I can have enough trust built up today. I'm gonna get all my trust built up, you know, Sunday morning, and I'm gonna just, and I, I'm, that's gonna last me till next Sunday. No, I really believe that our enduring hope comes from trusting God every day, sometimes moment by moment, sometimes just to get through a day, right? Uh, and so that's what we're gonna talk about. Uh, I read some great quotes uh, this week. Um, I read one from Rick Warren. I've enjoyed Rick's writing and teaching over the years. And here's what Rick Warren said. He says, integrity is built by defeating the temptation to be dishonest. Humility grows when we refuse to be prideful. And endurance, notice this, and endurance develops every time you reject 
the temptation to give up. That's really what we're talking about today. We want enduring hope. Okay, we made it to Easter. We're still in the pandemic. We're homeschooling. We're trying to work from home. Our schedules are completely different. You gotta wear a mask wherever you go. Man, did I, you know, am I washing my hands? Am I being respect? Am I doing all of that? We've gotta, we're enduring this, okay? It's not just hope and wishful thinking. No, it's, it's enduring hope. One of my favorite quotes of all time, Rodney uh, Winters says this. He said, scars are not a sign of weakness. They are signs of survival and endurance. You know, there's a lot of scars on my body, my accident, and when I think about, when you think about the nail scars of Jesus, we've just come through Passion Week, you think of how, you know, he was flogged and beaten, a crown of thorns, yet he, in his glorified body, he chose to leave those scars. That's what he showed doubting Thomas. And our scars are not a sign of weakness, they're a sign of our strength and of our endurance. I love that. Uh, so when we think about endurance, here's how we define it. Uh, Webster says the power to withstand pain or hardships, the ability or strength to continue despite fatigue, despite stress, or any adverse situation, all right? So it's that, it's that ability, that strength to just keep on keeping on, to keep living that life. I, when I think about endurance, at least for me, when I think about endurance, I think about you know an endurance runner. Someone's running a mile, running a marathon. You think of that runner. I know a lot of you guys out there, gals, you're, you run. Uh, I've never been a runner, all right? I was a catcher. I played baseball. If I hit a triple, I thought that was endurance, all right? But one year, 1981, I was a, a junior in high school, and the winter track team was meeting, so they're running in the winter. Uh, so a bunch of us on the baseball team said, you know, we ought to get in shape. We ought to do this. We'd, we'd run with the track team, and then we'd go in and lift. And I ran winter track, and I just got to tell you this. I hated it. I mean, I'm running outside in the cold. I'm thinking, who, why would anyone want to do this? A runner high, I, didn't, I never got a runner high. I got runner hangover. I don't know. I just didn't like it. And, and yet it was really spoke to me. Um, my youngest son, Brett, ran track, and I, I love going to the track meets, but it makes us think of endurance. It's that ability to keep going. It's just another mile. You have to press through, all right? And spiritually, we need to think about that. We need to be able to bring that into our lives, and that's what Peter talks about in chapter three today. In fact, uh, it's interesting to me, another thought with Bible study is that uh, many times, you know, in church, you think, man, well, is there gonna be a new thing? Is, is whoever's teaching today, who's ever on the teaching team, is there gonna be something new? Many times our teaching, when we're talking about the word of God, it's not something new, all right? It's really a reminder of the old paths. It's really a reminder of the doctrine and teaching and things that we need to know. And that's exactly what Peter does uh, in his text. In fact, it's interesting. I wanna point out a verse to you in 2 Peter. So he wrote two letters to this church, which was a broad geographic region. And here's what he says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse one. Peter says, this is my second letter to you. Now notice this. He said, dear friends, and in both of them, I have tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. So what Peter is saying is in both these letters, I've not tried to give you a new revelation. I've not tried to give you something deeper, something you've never heard before. And I'll tell you right now, in all my years of pastoring and in ministry, that's been my heart. Not to say God can't show me something new and fresh out of the word, but when I'm bringing the word of God, it's not so much this new revelation that's deeper, something you never heard. No, it's really to refresh our memory and our thinking to be reminded of what we should already know. 
and maybe what we've heard years ago and we've stopped practicing it or putting it into our life. And so he says, I wanna refresh your memory. And so today, we're gonna talk about that. I wanna pray with you right now. Let's, let's just open our heart to say, God, uh, we invite you today, wherever we are, wherever we're listening, into our living room, our basement, God, if we're sitting here alone, if we're with our family, our kids, students, Lord, whoever we're with today, God, we just invite you. We invite you, God, to give us endurance, not just endurance, but enduring hope. God, I pray that you would, that you would refresh our memory and just stir our thinking to remember, God, you've been so faithful, God. We've been through other trials and difficulties. Everyone that's listening has been through something, and God, remind us today of how faithful you are. And God, I pray that our thinking, that our mindset, that our spirit, God, will be, will be desirous. And not only to endure, but God, when in these pandemic-type situations where people ask us, man, what makes you different? Why, how are you able to deal with this? What are you doing? God, that we'll be ready to give an answer to those who may see the visible hope that's a reality in our life. So we pray, God, your blessing today as we look to the word. And we thank you for this, God, in Jesus' name, amen. And amen. So, so how are we to understand this? Uh, the thought is, how are we to have this enduring hope when the world is experiencing everything that it is? I, here, here's my thought. My thought is this, that when, and, I, and I, I told you I wasn't a good student in school with math and science and all that, but I did love history. And as I've studied history, and, and you think, you know, down through the generations, the different decades, I think every time in culture, that we go through a crisis like this. I don't care when it was or what year it was, it affects that culture in a big way. When you think about, man, like war generations, World War I, World War II, the things that went on when uh, companies now stopped, stopped making whatever they were making and they were making things to support the war. I, I think of my grandmother, who I just buried a, a, a few months ago, 100 years old, all that she saw, you know, 18-plus presidents. She went through, she was nine years old when the Depression happened. That changes the way you think. You're not gonna, you're gonna clean your plate. You're not gonna waste because you remember a day when there wasn't a whole lot. This is gonna definitely, like 9-11, I mean, after 9-11, we travel different. You go through security, and, and again, none of us mind because we wanna be safe. We wanna do what's right. This, what we're going through right now in COVID-19, uh, it's gonna change our culture forever. I mean, the next time you hear somebody cough, even when they allow us to go back and do whatever, you're gonna always think differently than you did before this. I mean, we all are. And I think that's more natural. And so, as a Christian, I've been asked, you know, well, is this end time events or, you know, are we in the, no, we're not in the tribulation. The rapture hasn't happened. But I, I wanna tell you, these things all point to a prophetic future that the scriptures talk about. And I'm not gonna go into it big time today, and I'm not trying to sensationalize where we are, but I think we do need to be reminded that it, there's a lot of people in our world that genuinely are hopeless. Man, my job, my future, I don't have food to eat, this and that, and my, my health, my job, my finances, you think of every part of your life, my schedule. You could be sitting there today and saying, you know, what about my kids? I mean, if we're going through this now and my kids are two and three years old, what's their world gonna be like? You know, where do I find this hope that you're talking about, Brian? Uh, colleagues, friends, you know, hope, where do, where do we find this? Uh, and here's what Peter says. He says in verse 15, so don't worry or be afraid, instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. That's the bottom line. He is the Lord of our life. Doesn't mean we'll not go through hardships. The minute you find Jesus, it doesn't mean life's gonna be easy and there's no problems, it's sunny and 70. No, it means that we're gonna be better prepared to live the life that God's called us to live. So as we consider this today, I want us to realize that enduring hope is developed 
by trusting God day by day, every day, all right? Uh, uh, just two more verses before I dive into this, this first point. Uh, Proverbs 13, 12, New Living Translation says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. I love the message translation on this. It says, unrelenting disappointment. Some of us, man, it's been, it, some of us have had incredible disappointment. Not only have you dealt with it on a personal level, some of us know people that have had this virus, some that have died from it. Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick, but a sudden good break can turn life around. So we know what it's like when our hope gets crushed. And, and even prior to the pandemic, we understand that. You know, brokenness in our bodies, some that have battled cancer and, uh, you know, the things we've all battled at times in our bodies. We battle in our homes, divorce, violence, debt, uh, death, broken lives, drugs, alcohol, addiction, bereavement, desertion, broken dreams, you know, things you were ambitious about, things you were believing for, and they didn't take place. We all understand that, and our culture now has been hit with this in a big-time way uh, through this pandemic situation. So, God, we're saying we want to trust you. We want our hope to endure, and we're going to trust you day by day. So the first thing we need to do with that is we need to grasp enduring hope. Uh, you know, as a kid, I, you know, I don't know if I've just had more time to think now, but uh, I was thinking as a kid, you know, I often had a baseball in my hand all the time, but I also had a hand gripper all the time. I Very seldom would I ever sit there watching TV or happy days, you know, welcome back, Cotter, back in the day, man, now I'm showing how old I am, that I didn't have one of these in my hand. And I was just strengthening my wrist, my forearms, my grip. I wanted to, that was a big part of baseball. When you hit, when you throw, you want to have strong hands, strong wrists. And so I would do these hand grippers over and over and over. I'd do, you know, 50 on one hand, put it over and do 50 on another. And spiritually, how do we do that? How do we grasp enduring hope? Peter, in this word, when he uses the word hope, the, the transliteration of it is ellipis, which means uh, a favorable or confident expectation. That's what hope is. So, so hope isn't just, well, I hope it all works out, then we go back to worrying and being nervous and whatever. No, it's, it's a very intentional, positive vision of the unseen future. It's like what I said a few weeks ago when I gave that quote, that we can trust our unknown future to a known God. We don't know what the future's gonna bring. We don't know technically when this is gonna end. When can we go back and watch a Reading Phillies game or when can we just go out to eat and sit next to someone? When won't we have to worry about being two arms lengths and wearing a mask? We don't really know that. But we can trust that invisible future with a known God. And I'm grateful for that, okay? I, I, we all are. Uh, when the New Testament talks about this and it references hope many, many times, again, it, it's, it's wanting us to place our faith in that, for sure. Hope is the absolute certainty we, uh, that we have that God is good and that his promises are true, that we can trust his promises. Does that mean we'll never go through hard times? Does that mean we'll never struggle or battle something? No, it doesn't at all. But it means during that, that God does have a plan uh, and purpose for my life. And we can trust him in that, all right? Um, and, and actually, this is personalized in Jesus. I said that on Easter. That hope is a noun and a verb. Uh, that Jesus is hope, and that's what he gives us. Uh, Paul says in uh, Colossians, Colossians chapter one, verse 27, look what this verse says. To them... God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. Here's the mystery, which is Christ in you, 
the hope of glory. So when we talk about this enduring hope, this is what Christ brings to our life, and then we have to say, God, help me trust you with this every day of my life. Secondly, not only must we grasp enduring hope, but then once we've grasped it, we've got to possess it. We've got to hang on to it. Like I said earlier, it's not like you can get this big buildup of hope and then that's going to last me till next Sunday. No, let's, let's face it. There's days, man, we're frustrated and we can barely get through the next hour. How am I going to pay my rent this month? When's that check going to come? All right? We need to possess enduring hope. So again, like we've said in this series, it's, it's not misplaced hope. It's this secure hope. It's this confident hope that I want to place in Jesus Christ. And again, Jesus talks about this, that there's going to be challenges. Um, it's not going to always be easy. In fact, uh, I referenced this probably a couple weeks ago in the Wisdom Wednesdays that we've had. Uh, but here's what he says in Matthew 24. Jesus says this. He says in verse 6, And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place. So Jesus said, there's things that are going to come. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. But the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in the many parts of the world. But all this uh, is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. I mean, he said, man, Brian, thanks for the encouraging word. Well, you know what? That's Jesus' word. I was thinking this past week, had the news on, everything that we're going on with the pandemic, unemployment numbers rising, and then those tornadoes ripped through Mississippi. Again, I want to thank you for your giving. Project Impact, uh, Christine referenced all that we're doing locally, but for example, like our giving helps us provide funding for Convoy of Hope, that now these people that not only are dealing with separation and isolation and maybe losing a job, now they wake up and a tornado has ripped their entire business or house apart. Our giving and our, that's part of us living hope. That's part of us enduring hope and taking what we have and sharing it with others. Convoy of Hope right now is helping those families in Mississippi. So I, I want to encourage us with this uh, and, and to realize that God gives us uh, incredible hope. In fact, there's a verse that he gives us when we think about end times. And again, I, we're in the end times, but we're not in the end times. You know, some say, man, is this a tribulation? We're wearing masks and there's this virus going all over? No. Uh, Jesus says, it's gonna get worse. We do believe in the rapture. You read the book of Revelation. You study that. Man, when the trumpets are blowing and the, the waters are turning to blood, it's gonna get worse. And Jesus is saying, these are like birth pains. It's like a woman that's pregnant and she's starting to get those contractions. So it reminds us, man, do we need enduring hope. We need Christ in our life. All right? Sometimes the things we place our trust in can that quickly be removed. Titus uh, says this. Paul writes to the, a pastoral epistle to a young pastor in his church. Titus chapter 2, verse 13. Here's what it says. Here's our blessed hope. While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. Not only is there a living hope, but the Bible says our blessed hope is that one day Jesus Christ is coming back. And Peter talks in his second epistle about people scoff at that and say, ah, oh, the church always talks about that. Oh, it's gonna get worse and then Jesus is gonna come back and it's all gonna be better. I wanna tell you right now, gang, I believe that with all my heart. You know why? Because that's what the word says. The Bible teaches us that. King David, the Psalms, we love the Psalms because of the, the emotion and, and being able to really talk to God the way we feel. Here's what King David, it's kind of a prayer in Psalms. He says this, he's praying to God, you faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds. 
And we've seen some great answers to prayer. We've seen God's provision. I know many of you have as well. Oh, God, our Savior, you are the hope of everyone on earth. That's what David prayed. Not for most people, but for everyone on earth. If, if we place our hope in Christ, that's where our hope comes from. Even those who sail on distant seas, all right? So that, that's what we're talking about, enduring hope. We've got to grasp it, all right? We've got to possess it. We've got to believe God for it day by day. Uh, the last thing I want to share with us as I close today is not only must we grasp it and possess it, but we've got to reflect it. You say, well, Brian, what do you mean about reflecting it? Um, well, we, we've got to share it with other people. There, there's an illustration that I've used for a lot of years, um, and I, you know, I was just thinking about it again, that, okay, I've got this water bottle, all right? And... You say, well, what's in that water bottle? It looks pretty clear. It could be 7-Up. could be, I don't see any bubbles, whatever. Here's the thought that when we reflect whatever's in us, when we get jarred, that's what's going to come out. Okay? So I'm walking along with this water bottle, and it gets jarred. That's what comes out. Water comes out. All right? And so I, the thought is we want to reflect what's really in us. We have a living hope. Now, again, what I want to say right off the bat is, you say, oh my gosh, well, you know, you should have seen what was in me this week. You should have seen what came out this. No, listen, we all, uh, we said that in Wisdom Wednesday. Scott talked about that. Listen, there's days some bad stuff comes out. We get frustrated. We get, all of us do that. We're all sinners, right? We say things we shouldn't. We act the way we shouldn't. We respond the way we shouldn't. So that doesn't mean that if you're a Christian, that every, you know, someone, something happens and like, oh, brother, I love, I'm not saying that always happens. But I'm just saying in general as a Christian, that's what's in us. There's a living hope within, that's within us and we've got to reflect that, all right? And that's what Peter says. Look again at verse 15, the key to this entire chapter. He said, instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. So Christ is the Lord of our life. Are we perfect? No. Are we changed? Absolutely. How would you, be, think about how you'd be responding to the things we're dealing with now if you weren't a Christian, okay? But he is the Lord of our life. He is the center of our life. We're worshiping him. And now notice this. And if someone asks about your hope, and I guarantee you they will, people are gonna be curious, especially now. They're gonna ask, as a believer, always be ready to explain it. So when people ask you about, hey, you just seem different. You seem like you're, you know, you're processing this in a different way. We need to be ready to give an answer. Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. And as believers and as a church, we get to demonstrate that and share that with other people. All right? It reminds us, Peter's reminding us here, that's our mission, to reach people and to grow together in Christ. So as we're growing, as we're enduring with that hope, we get the opportunity to talk with people that maybe are at a different place, like we were at one time in our life, all right? So this is how we reflect it, all right? This is what we need to do. So, uh, and I, we've all met Christians, and it's kind of concerning. Like, you meet some people that call themselves Christians, and they're not, you know, enduring with hope. They're scared to death. It's amazing. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. It doesn't mean we don't struggle or we're not tempted to, to do whatever. We're not perfect. So I'm not trying to lay a guilt trip on any of us today because none of us are perfect. But at the same time, if you're living in fear and constant worry, then you have to say, God, help me with that. I, what I want in me is what you've put in me. That's hope. That's faith. That's joy. I don't want every time a little bump in the road happens to, to go back to thinking like I'm not a believer, all right? So it's a powerful reminder. 
that Peter gives us to say, here's what I want you to do. So uh, think about that. He said, you, you gotta get in the right place. So my walkaways for us today, for all of us, for me, I think Peter gives them to us clear. Let's just get back and worship with God, all right? This has been something we've learned. I mean, Good Friday when Dan did communion, it was a great service. Him and Scott did such a great job. I hope that spoke to you powerfully about communion rather than nothing wrong with the trays and little plastic cups, but just doing it at home with your family, getting your own cup. To me, you were in the right place. You were worshiping God. You were making him the center of your life. Not only that, but we've got to persevere. We've got to have endurance. He said, always be prepared to give an answer. You don't know when that divine appointment's gonna come, when God's gonna open that door and say, hey, I got a question for you, man. How, how are you doing with this whole deal? You've lost your job, whatever. Uh, that's a chance for us to not only be in the right place, but to persevere and to possess that hope that God's given us. And finally, we need to pass our hope on. We need to reflect that, all right? We need to be ready to give a reason and an answer for the hope that we feel. And gang, that is a day-by-day decision. Again, I go back to King David. Think of what King David, here's what he says. He's, again, it's almost like a prayer to God. He's saying in Psalm 25, verses four and five, show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. So he's saying, God, I don't know where this is headed, man. Just show me. You be my GPS. I I don't know where this is headed, but God, I'm gonna follow you. I don't know the future, but you do. I'm gonna trust my unknown future with the God that I do know because he's revealed himself to us in the word. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long, notice this. David says, all day long, I put my hope in you. That's enduring hope. That's trusting God day by day. Examples of Peter and of King David. Um, I'm gonna close today. And uh, I want you to think about this for a second. I'm gonna read one more scripture. Again, I go back to my my short track days, which were one year. I didn't quit, but I felt like it. Uh, And again, thinking about endurance. Here's what the writer of Hebrews says to the Christians. Hebrews chapter 12 uh, verses one and two say this. It says, we do this by keeping, let me go back. I wanna start at verse one. Hebrews 12, let me get to it here. Hebrews 12, uh, beginning in verse one, and then I'll read verse two. Here's what he says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, so we're running in that stadium, man. There's, there's people watching. I mean, people that have gone on before us, but more importantly, those that are on this planet who don't know God, they're watching us. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down. I guarantee you, I don't know a lot about track, but I guarantee you, you're, you're not running with big work boots, and but you're, you're making yourself as light as you can be. And the writer of Hebrews says, we gotta take all the extra weight off of our life, especially that sin that so easily trips us up. I mean, your shoes need to be right, all right? And let us run with endurance. Notice that. Run with endurance the race that God has set before us. There's a race before us. There's a a, a journey that we're on. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. We're in the right place. He's the center of our life. We're worshiping him because of the joy, because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross. Man, we've just come out of Passion Week, Good Friday. Scott gave us a great word. He endured that cross. He was beaten and crucified. How did Jesus endure that cross? 
because he knew the joy that was going to be before him. Disregarding its shame, now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. And you say, well, you know what, Brian? I, I hear that. I can appreciate that, but I'm not Jesus. No, I'm not Jesus either. But we can have that enduring faith. I'm gonna, I wanna share a picture with you on the screen from uh, part of my history thinking. This is a book I read years ago. Uh, it's called Man's Search for Meaning. I, I forget how many years ago I read it, but it's a, a powerful book. I would suggest you read it. It's a, in my mind, it's a classic. Man's Search for Meaning. Uh, the man you see on your screen right now, his name is Victor Frankl. Okay, he was uh, from Austria. He's uh, an Austrian psychologist, uh, an Austrian neurologist. So he was a smart, bright guy. But what we learn about him in his time in history, the journey he was on, the struggles he had, the difficulties he had, he was Jewish. Viktor Frankl endured four, not one, four Nazi Holocaust camps, including Auschwitz. He lost everything. He lost his family. He lost his livelihood. He, he survived the Holocaust. I remember years ago here at GT, twice we had two nights to honor Israel, and we had one year a Holocaust victim on our stage talking about what it was like to go through that. We, we all go through suffering. We all deal with trials. This isn't easy what we're going through, but I want to tell you, gang, it, it can always be worse. And when I read about Victor Franklin, and man, you just go online, you read some of the quotes that this man gave. I'm just going to give you one of them today. But here's what Victor Frankl said. He said, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we're challenged to change ourselves. Let me read that to you again. When we are no longer able to change a situation, okay, we can't fix it. We can't figure it out. We can't make this happen. We're challenged to change ourselves. And I don't know, as I, as I was preparing and I was thinking about, man, all that we're going through right now, I mean, you name it, and every one of us, we're in a different season of life. Some of you have kids, some of you don't. Some of you are single and you're alone, you feel isolated. I mean, every, you've lost your job, maybe you still have your job. You, 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 you're struggling in your health, maybe you need something to be done physically and you're waiting because of this whole pandemic. You know, I, I don't know what's in you today, but I know this, that God has given us living hope. And, and today, I'll say this, man, if you're watching today, we've had a lot of unique viewers, we welcome you, and you say, well, I don't know, Brian, I hear what you're saying, but I, I don't know that I'm there. You know what, I wanna say to you, that's okay. I remember a time in my life when I wasn't there either. I was challenged, I saw people that went through stuff, and I saw what was in them, and I was I was drawn toward that. And I just want to say this to you today. My prayer today is going to be for all of us that we're going to have enduring hope. But I, I want you to know that if you're on this journey and God is getting your attention, uh, if you're watching on Facebook, for example, you can go down in the comments. Um, it'll take you to a link. You can learn more about what it means to really be a follower of Jesus. If you're watching on GT Live, man, you can go right to our website. There's a link right on the screen. You can go there and you can know what it means to, to follow Jesus Christ. And I, I would strongly encourage you to do that. But today, what I, the way I wanna close is I just wanna pray. I wanna pray that God will help all of us, every one of us, because we all need it. We're all on a race. 
And the same way Jesus endured the cross because he knew that joy that was set before him, we've got to run with endurance. And so I want to pray with us today. I want to pray not just a blessing and a dismissal, but I want to pray for us right now as we close for every family. So man, if you're there, whoever you're with today, let's gather together. Let's, let's pray together today as we close out this service and we'll do it right now. In Jesus' name, we come to you, Lord. God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your promises, God. And we're not gonna read this word and kind of store it up and then hold on till next week, God. We're asking you, God, to give us enduring hope, to trust you, God, day by day, moment by moment, that, God, we will not only be ready to give an answer to those that don't know you, but, God, what about an answer to our kids? What about an answer to somebody in our family that's struggling? What about a senior in high school? God, would you help us? Give us wisdom. Give us grace. Give us strength. Give us the ability, God, to get through this. God, we pray for finances for our families, for our country, for, God, everything that was going on, and now that it's, it's affected businesses and companies, God, we're, we're probably never gonna be the same when we come out of this, but, God, we're believing you in many ways we're gonna be better. So, God, we're trusting you. We put our faith and hope in you. God, I do pray a blessing over every family, over marriages, God, these new schedules and new seasons. Maybe there's been some frustration. Maybe there's some stuff that's come out of us this past week that, that really shouldn't have come out. God, help us just to go and ask for forgiveness and say, I'm sorry. And, Lord, we pray for our kids, our students. God, I pray that ministry that goes on to them will be a blessing for all of us today. God, we thank you and we praise you for all that you've done in us. God, you are our hope. You're inside of us. And I pray your blessing, God, as we go. Thank you, Lord, uh, for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you feel inspired and motivated to trust God more and more every day. Our mission at GT Church is to reach people and grow together in Christ. If you've enjoyed today's message, we would be honored if you would share in our mission and share it with your friends and family. You can find a replay of today's service on our website, our app, Facebook page, YouTube channel, and you can even listen on our new podcast. As Pastor Brian mentioned, we have GT and 60 coming up right after this. So whether you're new here and this is your first time joining us, or if you've been around for a while and you wanna get better connected and grow deeper in your faith, Go grab a cup of coffee and meet us back here in five minutes for a conversation with our pastors and teaching team. I'll see you there.